Mental health challenges are often kept in the closet or even swept under the rug. We know they can affect anyone, from adults to children, and the struggle is real. Join us as we talk about relevant topics with mental health experts. Welcome to Equip Online, a place for hope and help. All right, welcome to Equip Online. I'm Brian. This is my co-host, Wally. Great to be here. Yeah, Wally, great to have you with me today. And today we're going to be looking at the psychology of job loss and really that in transition time that many, many people go through in life. Uh, Our guest today is Bill Jack Davis. And Bill Jack is a licensed professional counselor and a supervisor at the Bridge Counseling Center up in Conroe, Texas, just a little north of where we are right now. So Bill, great to have you here. And uh, we just want to jump into this topic about how do we recognize, how do we maintain good mental health in uh, what can be a pretty difficult in-between time? You know, you're in-between, just got let go of one job, trying to figure out what that next opportunity is, but just that in-between time, how can that be, what can we learn about that? How can we really discover some good mental health practices during that? So, Well, um, thank you all for having me here today. I just really, uh, I've already got to meet 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 you both and to uh get to meet the whole, see the whole church and just really in, uh, think it's a really wonderful place. Uh, I think that unemployment has a potential of affecting people's mental health a great deal. And it's uh, research has really shown how unemployment is really associated with increased depression, anxiety, suicide, uh, substance abuse. And so those need to be on our radar whenever someone gets unemployed and it goes on. Many people find jobs very quickly, but what research has shown is that it, when people have been unemployed for 26 weeks, which is six months, uh, their whole life is in an uproar because they're, they're close to the edge. And so recognizing it and seeing it for what it is is really, really important. And during these uncertain times of COVID, we look at the unemployment rates, how they've skyrocketed uh, from shutdowns, and then how they've come back slowly, but some of the jobs haven't come back. And so knowing that these many people are left isolated at home, unemployed, and uh, they're fearful of their future. And so how to deal with that and how to help people see their needs and to structure their life in a way that they can survive through this. Yeah, no, that's important. that's huge. I think it's definitely, it's always been an important topic, but it just has even greater importance now considering the last year or so that we've walked through. So Wally, do you want to kick us off with a, a few questions Well, I mean, for Bill just kind of, yeah, off your lead in there, uh, just thinking about that. I mean, I know that uh, unemployment does have an impact on us all. I know, especially speaking as a man, uh, that it seems to be having been involved in men's <clears throat> ministry for so long, uh, you could see how it impacted guys. But um, I think a compounding effect of that might be also is that we tend to lead isolated lives. So, you know, that's got to make it even worse that now I've lost a job. Uh, I don't have anybody I'm really connected to other than the people I was connected to at the office. So, you know, Bill Jack, taking all that in consideration, how does unemployment, uh, does it affect a man, generally speaking, does it affect men different than women? And could you walk us through both of those? Yes. Uh, I think men being the leaders in the family or are seen as the top dog. They've got to be the provider. And so when they lose a job, it hits them really hard in their image, in the way they see themselves, in the way they, they, they go about being in their world. And they feel a lot, they feel they've lost a piece of themselves. And so understanding that as a part, part of this, 
Uh, I'm not saying that women don't experience many of the same things, but uh, men really do uh, get get knocked to their knees when they've lost a job that they thought they were going to have for a lot longer, or they don't get back a job if if a, if a slowdown happens and they're laid off or they're furloughed and they don't get to go back. They just they have feel like the the rug is pulled out from underneath them. Uh, women uh, usually have a home life in addition to a work life. And they have more friends. Men have buddies and pals and mostly at work and hopefully at church, uh, but no one to really confide in. And so that's why it's important when people do lose jobs that they can, they can either get into a support group or they can have someone that can come alongside them and help them bear that burden. And uh, it's very, very important for that. I, I say that uh, a lot of times. Um, I was going to lose this. I was going to use this a little later, but I had a, a scenario where a gentleman was a single man, but he uh, he had um, um, lost his job, and uh, he was also responsible for helping his family, you know, support some of, his, of the needs of his mother and father as they were growing older. And he just felt like he had lost him, himself in the whole thing. So it's a big. Very depressing, anxiety-producing. Yeah, yeah it, does, think, it yeah. does seem a lot like that our identity as guys is wrapped up in what we do for a living. Oh, uh, yes. You know, I mean, I think and maybe ladies do this, too. I don't know. Uh, but, you know, when you meet somebody new for their first times, hey, I'm Wally, uh, and they'll introduce themselves, hey, what do you do? Right. And, uh, and, you know, it seems like the first thing out of our mouths. And we tell a lot about who we are by what we do. And uh, it kind of ba- it, it, it shapes our personality. You know, uh, whether you're an auto mechanic, you're out there to fix a problem. Uh, if you're a counselor, you're listening to people's problems. If you're a teacher trying to help people learn better ways to do things. And so um, you tell a lot about who a person is. And when they, when they lose that job or they lose that career, that career that's been m- building up, uh, they feel like they're, they're, that they can't, they're, they're not a total and full person. And it hurts their families, their family relationships. Uh, see a lot of couples that were close while they were working. Yes, comes home, tells them what he did today. And uh, when unemployment hits, they'll go play video games or they'll uh, just stay out in the garage. And, or they will act like they're working on something and they really don't end up doing that. Then you see uh, problems in relationships whenever job loss happens. Yeah. Do you just to kind of build on the, the, how our identity is wrapped up in it? That's one of the the real struggles of job loss is like a, this, I don't even know how to define myself anymore. I mean, who am I? But do you feel like, do you see different types of emotions that are pretty common that people go through different types of phases almost you go through while you're walking through a period of unemployment that's pretty normal for people to feel during that period? Well, uh, I kind of look at Elizabeth Kubler-Ross and uh, the loss of, uh, because of, uh, came out because of death, but then it went on to the loss is a, uh, anger and uh, bargaining and denial and uh, uh, depression and finally acceptance. Uh, most people uh, will uh, do what they have to go through, and you'll see those patterns, uh, but they'll use distractions like uh, they'll watch a series on television, you know, uh, they'll, they'll binge watch something, or uh, they'll escape and I think it's probably okay if you lose your job for a few days to kind of have a few moments. That, but, but if it continues, you see that pattern, that downward spiral after a while, and, and you begin to worry about that person because uh, they begin to feel hopeless and helpless and the general feeling that, that I can't be what I wanted to be and uh, 
I may not be able to find a job like I had before. Especially, you know, if you were, if you had been in a position for a number of years and worked yourself up to a high position and either it was, you know, um, dismantled or uh, we don't need this kind of, or we, our company sold and we, we're not, no longer, we're, we're combining jobs. And so kind of getting to people uh, when, when you see people, they're very susceptible to this depression, anxiety, and it, it really is really completely normal. Um, and yet we need to be doing things to um, mediate those kind of problems to lessen the depression, find some consistency in the world with some, with some help. So we're going to talk about coping mechanisms <clears throat> later, but if I'm the spouse or a friend of somebody who's been let go and, you know, I can see these things that you're talking about, anger uh, as probably the first reaction, uh, the second one maybe being denial. I think that's what you said. Yep. How can I creatively know when and what's appropriate for me to be able to come alongside to help pull them through that as somebody who cares about this person? Well, you needed to care about them before. That needs to be one of the prerequisites. You know, you just can't just in, invite yourself into people's lives. Right. Uh, you have to be able to step in as someone that has been their friend and has been alongside them. And that's one of the things a lot of men don't let happen. And we need to be about doing that more. Um, uh, it, 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 speaking to that, I'm, uh, women have a great... Uh, a great deal of friendships and you can ask a woman to name their top three friends and they can name those top three and they might even go, well, there's really four, maybe five. And so, um, uh, you ask a man who, who could they call at two in the morning when they're really hurting about something or if they have a flat and broke down and don't have the tools to fix it. Uh, many of men can't name those for that person. And so we as men need to be about building those kinds of relationships. And whenever there is a struggle or we're in the stripe, to be able to step in people's lives and speak positive things and, and encouragement and um, uh, help people deal with that. And that's really important. Yeah, that's, that's so interesting. And you, you mentioned how for a lot of men, maybe they, their list might be coworkers. And now right. all of a sudden that job's no longer in my life. Right. You know, and I remember talking to a, a, a friend recently and we were just reflecting on how much of our life and our time and energy is spent at work. Right. I mean, way more than our family or anything else. And again, on this topic, all of a sudden that's taken out of our life. I mean, it almost feels like a death. Like I have no idea who I am at all anymore. Right. I mean, even my friendships were a part of that and anything. You're disconnected from what you connected you to the world. Yeah. A lot of times. yeah. When you're spending eight, nine, sometimes 10 hours a day yeah. working, uh, and, um, uh, you come home uh, already spent out, and you don't, and and now now you don't have any place to go spend yourself, and uh, you're just kind of wasting away. Yeah, yeah. Well, just kind of building on this topic. So, Bill, why is it why is it so important to take care of your mental health while you're unemployed? Well, if you fail to take care of your mental health, you can't. You don't interview well for jobs. Uh, you don't function very well physically. Um, uh, you have mood swings, that depression, that all begins to dominate your life. And uh, that nervousness in job interviews and that self-deprecating kind of uh, attitude, well, I'm probably not going to get this job, that lives itself out. And so you have to take care of yourself and build yourself up in positive ways so you can practice really healthy coping strategies to care for your mental health, which then bleeds over into your physical health, which bends into your relational health, uh, and your spiritual health. And all of those are very, very important in the, in, in 
uh, in an unemployed situation because you need to keep things as normal as you possibly can in a job loss situation, but you also have to be realistic and look at reality at what you need to be doing. And I tell many people to work as many hours looking for a job as you did working. And, uh, t- you know, in, in the process, take becomes care of yourself. your new job in a sense. It does. Looking for a job. It, yeah. Looking for a job becomes your new job. And how many hours you spend looking glass door or uh, a zip recruiter or uh, uh, going through in applications and setting a goal, you know, first to do that. So sticking to a daily routine is the number one thing. And, and, and really even plotting out what I need to do today and what I need to do tomorrow on a regular basis. And routine is really important. I'm sorry, I, I must confess, I, I eat about the same thing every day for breakfast. Uh, lunch and dinner stays a little different, but I always have eggs and some kind of either sausage or bacon, whatever's in the refrigerator. Or if there's jalapeno sausage, I'll have that. But eggs and sausage. And if I'm lucky, I'll get a piece of bread with a little bit of jelly on it. But that's about all I ever do. I stay consistent in that routine. Uh, if I go out, that's pretty much what I get. Uh, so staying in a routine of, of making two job applications a day, uh, uh, calling somebody and reaching out to somebody as a friend, um, you know, eating a good lunch, getting some exercise, uh, pay attention to your home relationships. That's very, very important. But sticking to a routine. Uh, in the process of that, setting goals, goals that you can do. And not everything we do has to be a goal. There can be some things that are pleasurable, but setting a goal of two applications a day, um, you know, uh, following up on applications is important. Um, but whenever you're depressed, uh, you need to get things done started in the morning, like finding things that really uh, are hard for you to do, like making those applications, looking. Um, uh, there's, a, there's a workout company called Kiss the Frog. It sounds a pretty distasteful thing to do. And that's what they suggest doing is doing the most distasteful things early in the morning, get them over with, then build the rest of your day with more pleasurable and more exciting things to do. Um, Third thing is to reach out to a support group. There are support groups in churches, and if there aren't, there should be more uh, for unemployment or for helping just with the daily problems. Bible studies are excellent places to find uh, you know, support and people that care. Um, and not every support group is for everybody. I've talked to someone recently who said, you know, I went to this support group and I didn't really like it, but I went to the same one and uh, got more help, same name support group, um, and, and had that. Or the Bible study, find the Bible study that fits you, that, you know, studies the Word of God and is uplifting and building up of, your, of yourself. Fourth thing is to take care of your mind your body, and your soul. So that really talks about, you know, the spiritual side of us. Uh, You know, everyone uh, looks at psychology uh, as something that doesn't have relate to the soul. But if you look at an 1859 definition of psychology, uh, it is the treatise of the soul. And our mind, will, and emotions uh, that reside in us is very important. And if we can't keep our spiritual lives, it's hard to keep our mental health together. That's why I like having a Christian practice is that most of the people come to me have a biblical basis or biblical thought, and so they rely on God. Uh, When people don't have a spiritual sign, they don't rely on anybody. They don't have anyone to turn to. And so having God in your life and a spiritual side is very, very important. Uh, Last thing is to really spend time doing the things you enjoy. You know, if you enjoy jogging, 
That's not really for me. Uh, if you drive bicycling, which I do have a good bicycle. Uh, if you like go shooting hoops, that's a good thing to do. Uh, but find some time to do things that you enjoy doing that's pleasurable to you. Um, I know somebody that when they got unemployed, they started doing woodwork. And then they started selling that woodwork. And then they said, well, you know, I can make a living doing this. And they retooled and reinvented themselves that way. So spending time each day doing things and not beating yourself up. So I think that's highly important in a, in a, in a situation for yourself. So. so, Bill Jack, when you look at um, after having lost a job, if I've lost a job, if I'm listening today and I don't have a job, there may be some stresses that um, it would help me to understand. I mean, obviously. This intuitive to everybody is the financial stress. But what are the different types of stresses that a person who's unemployed right now can be looking for in their life that they may not even be aware of that's going on so that they can begin to know how to handle that or to do something about that? Well, let, let's talk about what stress is. Stress is a word. And the way you appraise a situation is kind of whether it stresses you or it doesn't. I could see how reframing some of the things that we see as stressful and is, is, is really important. Like if God closes a door and you lose that job, couldn't God open a bigger and better door? It's, and that takes a lot of the stress of the way. Well, God closes this door. I'm not any good. I can't handle this. So that stresses us. Um, and so redefining stress for ourselves is a better way to look at what stress is. And so stress is from financial like, am I going to be able to pay my bills? Unfortunately, in our day and age, unless you have a good pit, bit put away, um, my precious baby daughter has $30,000 in the bank. She has $30,000 in the bank in case something happens. I went, I've never had $30,000 in the bank. <laughs> well done. But, well, she's done well <laughs> yeah. done. Um, and then she complains that she doesn't know how to be an adult, but she really does. Uh, so that alleviates a lot of stress is having some backup finances. Um, but understanding that you can't pay for things that you can't pay for and they can't get blood out of a turnip and you need to make arrangements and tell people where you're at and keep them in the loop and communicating. So financial issues, um, whether it's housing or food, um, there's help out there for some of this. Uh, and so being willing to reach out can relieve a lot of stress for people. But as men and some women, I don't want to ask for help. And so that, uh, that creates more stress. And so understanding what is, is keeping us awake at night, listing that down and kind of coming to terms with, this is what I can do something about, and this is what I can't do something about. I tell you, I, I wrote this down. I don't have it memorized, but it's the serenity prayer. And many people will know it from Alcoholics Anonymous, but there's a longer version. And I think it's something that unemployed people could really benefit from hearing and living in daily. It says, God grant me the serenity to accept the things I cannot change, courage to change the things I can, and the wisdom to know the difference. That's all we hear. There's much more. Living one day at a time, enjoying one moment at a time, accepting hardship as a pathway to peace, taking as Jesus did this sinful world as it is and not as I would have it. Trusting that he will make all things right if I surrender to his will, that I may be reasonably happy in this life and supremely happy with him forever in the next. And I think that's a great stress reliever because 
just living that way and knowing that we're not in control, and that stresses us. When we don't feel in control, God is in control, and that shouldn't take a lot of the stresses off of us. So what I hear you doing is kind of lead into where you'll probably take us wrong with coping, but I hear uh, when I listen to what you just said, is how do I reframe what it is that I'm going through? Right. Okay. I know I lost my job. I've either done a good job of building up uh, the financial resources, which that had to take place prior to losing a job, or if I find myself in a situation where I don't have a job and I don't have the financial resources, the emergency cash that I needed, rather than worrying about what I'm going to do and going and hiding, I need to be proactive in reaching out to people, landlord, whatever, where I have uh, funds that are due to see what it is that I can do, credit card, uh, whatever that may be. So taking steps just like now I don't have a job that I'm going to today, so my job today is looking for a job. So it's a process of reframing the way that we're viewing it and that we're thinking. Well, and, and that can take a great load off of us if we live in that, you know, that God is in control of this. I'm going to do what I need to do to fulfill you know, I'm going to do the two applications a day. I'm going to call my creditors and tell them here's where it's at and here's what I'm going to try to do um, and keeping people informed, but looking at it in a better way, uh, looking at it in a more positive way, not, not telling them it's a terrible, awful, no good, very bad day and I want to move to Australia. And that happens to be a storybook from childhood. Yeah. Well, another episode just another, on that. Right? Another episode <laughs> Story time on with Bill. Alexander's <laughs> terrible, awful, no good, very bad day. Uh-huh. Yeah, yeah. Now it's, you know, and even, you know, as you think about Wally kind of, you know, reviewing some of that, even when we're not technically going to our job we used to go to, the fact that we're still looking at ourselves that we have work to do, even in this in-between jobs. I mean, I think about even the way God made us. I mean, you think about the brain chemicals that, you know, when we work, our brain gives us that reward in a sense, right. right? And so even if we just know we filled out a couple of applications, we we checked into some things that can help us, we, we did things, there's still that sense of today was a good day right? versus I'm just going to have self-pity. I'm gonna just going to kind of wallow in this sort of, you know, I'm just going to continue to stay in this sort of state of woe is me. Now we're not even getting those chemicals from our brain that right. like reward us for working. Right. Um, and a lot of times, one of the one of the things I suggest is try uh, helping someone else. Uh, give yourself away for the moment, or give yourself a chance to help someone. That has the potential of helping a lot of times. And again, you know, things that we didn't do, we didn't make connections. Make those connections with people, places, and things that could maybe even benefit you at work, or just benefit the way you feel about your about your day, about what's going on. Yeah. Yeah. No, that's great. I know we've kind of gotten into this a little bit, but Bill, what would you, uh, what would you recommend or some good coping strategies to put into practice during unemployment? And, and really are there with that, are there any good things that make it come out of that season of unemployment? Well, Let's speak to those. One of the things I think is, is just trying to find a better you, uh, to find something that adds value to who you are as a person, uh, it may be spiritual growth. It may be skills and tools and knowledge to help you be a better worker. Uh, many people don't um, don't see themselves as being able to do anything else other than what they have done before. And so one of, one of the things I suggest is make a list of all the qualities that you, uh, all the things that you have done, 
And it may go back to the list whenever you were in high school and worked at Sonic or whenever you, uh, you know, did this job or that job. And it didn't, it isn't what your real career was, but it's a skill set that you have developed and say, hey, look, I could do that. That wouldn't be a bad thing. Um, and build on your tools, build on your skills. And if there are some skills, hey, you know, I wouldn't mind going into broadcasting and making podcasts and see what, uh, you know, what what is happening. Uh, I know a gentleman that lost his job and he started a podcast and uh, he is now uh, making almost what he made whenever he was uh, doing it with by the advertising and the podcast sales. And he did this just because, and this took about a year, but, you know, retooling himself in a way that, you know, you're not doing what you were doing. You're now doing something a little more, uh, a little more of what you like to do. And that's, the, the, so find a way to reinvent yourself. Uh, also find a way to, um, to find access to jobs that you wouldn't nom- commonly know uh, is, is connect with people that you know are working in your field that might know, hey, do you know if, this, if a job's coming available in your company? Um, you know, kind of fish around. So that's part of that working all day to find uh, jobs out there that you could apply for. So, yeah, that's- You know, I, I think, again, just uh, – one of the things I walk away from this conversation with is, is just the need to be connected to people, to be there for them, but also that have them uh, be there for you. And thinking about, you know, job loss, if I find myself in that scenario, just a network of friends uh, that's outside of my job that I'm connected to, uh, but then also just for emotional support and mental support, but then also uh, for networking support with regard to uh opportunities at other places. I mean, I think of all the jobs that I've had, um, there's only one, that was my first job out of college that I interviewed for, that I didn't have a relationship with somebody at that place where I ended up working, where I ended up. Uh, or someone recommended you for this job and said, hey, you yeah. need to go for that job. Well, or, and they were actually on the inside, right? you know, for me. Uh, and I know I know someone that very recently has been out, out of work for nearly a year, and they went to a uh, they 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 saw a friend that they hadn't seen in years. They worked with him on the first job, worked at a place that uh, he was still working at the same place. He said, "Man, they're hiring, and they're hiring for that what you do." And I want to recommend you, and so I recommend him. And he's now he's making forty uh, percent more than he made in his last job that he lost lost a year ago. And so, as I said, always look at God can close doors and we can be despondent about that, but we don't see what God sees and he'll open a better door for you. Yeah, I love that. And, you know, it's for some of us, you know, maybe uh, some people are wired. They're just going to be those faithful troops. They're just going to maybe maybe even they were in a job that they didn't even really realize it, but they really weren't that happy and they really weren't that fulfilled in it. And, but they're going to keep, you know, marching along, marching along. And, you know, that job ends now they're in between. And, and I think I love the hope in that, that this could become a time to, to launch that person into actually a much better position that they never would have done on their own right. unless they were kind of forced into that situation. Right. Yeah. And again, uh, you can frame it as a negative or you can frame it as a positive. You get a lot more energy out of a positive push than a negative push. Negative is draining. It uh, depresses you. It makes you anxious about the future. If we look at it from a positive, it pulls you out of that and you see hope. 
And that's what we all need. We all need hope to live. That's why, that's what we live. That's what many people live for and they die for yep. with a lack of hope. Yep. And that's, you know, we look at what's happened over the last year. Um, I, 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 the people that I know have, that have passed, um, they didn't always have the most positive spirit. And you see the people that survive, even though they were on a ventilator for 14 days and they, they've come back and they've, you know, they're, they're, they're living because they had hope that another day and another, another blessing comes. Yeah. I love that. That's a great word to end on. And I know it's our desire is that every one of these podcast episodes would have that message to it, that, that there is hope no matter what the situation is. And there's a lot of struggles. There's so many of them, but we firmly believe that there really truly is hope if you'll receive it. So that's awesome. Well, Bill, so great to have you hanging out with us today, and what a great conversation. Uh, if people wanted to learn more about this or wanted to connect with you, sure. how, would, how would they do that? Well, the Bridge Counseling Center is in between uh, websites, but I can be reached in, in Conroe. I've been here for 30 years in Montgomery County at 936-441-8255. We have a counseling practice um, and uh, see people sliding scale, work with them any way possible. Um, I try not to uh, turn people away regardless. So Awesome. Thank you so much for what you do. And uh, we just want to thank you for listening to this episode of Equip Online. Equip Online is a partnership between Stonebridge Church and Mosaics of Mercy. Mosaics of Mercy is an awesome nonprofit in our area. Their heart is to connect people to the best mental health resources, counselors, support groups in our area. And they do a great job of that. So as always, we want to thank you for listening and our desire is that you'd walk in the fullness of life that you've been created for. God bless you. Hey, thanks so much for joining us. We are really passionate about mental health. If you found this episode helpful or beneficial in any way, we would love for you to hit that like button, subscribe to our channel and ding the notification bell so that you never miss another episode. You can also subscribe to the show on Apple Podcasts or your favorite podcast platform. See you next time.